I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome to the expanded edition of Inside Sources. Great to be with you for the next two hours from 1 to 3 on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, and I, I hope you're ready to dig in today, to dig a little deeper, to think a little bigger, maybe challenge your assumptions a little stronger, and of course, disagree a little bit better. So let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So we're not even 24 hours uh, after the announcement of the verdict uh, in the Derek Chauvin trial yesterday from Minneapolis. And, of course, the uh, response was uh, was fascinating to watch. And uh, the analysis has been interesting in, in terms of the outcome of the trial. Uh, the debates over what it is and what it means uh, is all fascinating and interesting. Uh, but I, I think we have to think again in terms of what is next. What does this lead us to do? Uh, we've, we've talked about a, a number of things uh, in terms of what this uh, trial represented, uh, but it can't be it. Uh, it can represent some things that we need to talk about, some issues we need to get to as a country and as, as communities. Uh, but that cannot be the end. We have to lean into this thing and, and take advantage of a moment and turn it into real sustainable forward movement. Uh, motion is the great deceptor out there, and especially in our politics. Uh, it happens locally as well as nationally. It happens from both sides of the political aisle that we we churn things up, we stir things up, we, we have an incident or an event, uh, we have a ruling or an outcome, and everybody gets all exercised and engaged for about 24 to 48 hours. And then nothing happens. And so we have to keep moving things forward. So we want to hit a couple of things that I hope you're thinking again about re-examining. Uh, or again, as Einstein liked to say, we got to stay with the question just a little bit longer. And this is a series of questions that we need to stay with a little bit longer. Very interesting uh, starting out the day today. Uh, press conference in Washington, D.C. today. Attorney General Merrick Garland uh, announced a formal investigation into the Minneapolis Police Department. Today, I'm announcing that the Justice Department has opened a civil investigation to determine whether the Minneapolis Police Department engages in a pattern or practice of unconstitutional or unlawful policing. This effort will be staffed by experienced attorneys and other personnel from the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division and the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Minnesota. The new civil investigation is separate from and independent of the federal criminal investigation into the death of George Floyd that the Justice Department has previously announced. Okay, so that's uh, coming from D.C. Uh, in terms of that look, uh, what that means. I want to combine that with George Floyd's brother, uh, Philonis. Uh, he spoke to reporters yesterday uh, about his feelings coming out of that. And then I want to put these together in terms of what actually comes next. Um, I have faith. I believe in God. So I was optimistic and I kept saying, we will get justice. We will get it. And just sitting in there, just listening, 
to those words uh, guilty and, and guilty and guilty on all counts that was a moment that I will never be able to relive I will always have it inside of me it's just being able to know that it's justice for African American people, just people of color, period, in this world. This is monumental. This is historic. This is a pivotal moment in history. Okay, then I want to combine that uh, with a third piece uh, from the Minnesota Attorney General, Keith uh, Ellison, who spoke yesterday after the announcement of the verdict uh, in the George Floyd murder case. Uh, and he had an interesting take in terms of just separating things out a little bit in terms of justice uh, versus accountability. That long, hard, painstaking work has culminated today. I would not call today's verdict justice, however, because justice implies true restoration. But it is accountability, which is the first step towards justice. And now the cause of justice is in your hands. And when I say your hands, I mean the hands of the people of the United States. So there's some there's three very interesting perspectives in terms of the fallout from yesterday. Uh, but all of them have to lead us towards what is next. We're actually going to be joined by uh, Sim Gill coming up at uh, 205 today uh, to break down uh, what this means in terms of criminal justice uh, and criminal justice reform and some of the things happening there. Uh, we also need to be very clear uh, that there are thousands and tens of thousands of law enforcement uh, personnel uh, who do an extraordinary job in their communities every single day. Uh, and so where change is needed, I, I think those are the, uh, the women and the men uh, who are most interested in making sure we get this right, that we have the right training, we have the right support, we have the right tracking, we have the right accountability, we have the right visibility or transparency into how things are done or when things go wrong, what went wrong? Why did it go wrong? How do we prevent it from happening again? And those are all conversations we, we have to get to. Uh, we cannot just have this be one celebratory moment in the wake of uh, just a tragic incident. Uh, and you could call it a, a historic or a landmark case and decision. Uh, but I'll tell you this, it won't be either of those unless we do something about it. So if we don't do something about it, uh, we're going to have the same conversation next year and next month and a decade from now. Because the real, the real change, the real change is what's going to happen in our homes and in our communities. Uh, that's where this has to begin. Uh, legislating behavior has never really been very effective in changing behavior. Uh, it's talking about principles. It's talking about values. Uh, it, it's getting rid of the contempt that we have in so many places and spaces in our society to where we can value human life uh, from the yet to be born to the soon to depart and all of us in between. When we value one another, when we value human life in a meaningful way, in a respectful way, in a noble way, uh, then we can have a very different kind of discussion. And that's where we've got to get. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. And we're going to talk about the value of a special group of lives, uh, those with autism. Uh, you don't want to miss this discussion coming up next on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. 
Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.